Why do we even marvel at this? Find out what I'm talking about on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and last week uh, I was a little bit red in the face as I was sharing my discomfort with uh, the secular world taking words that belong to us. Uh, well, there's been an, another extreme occurrence that has taken place uh, at the Grammy Awards that have been brought to, has been brought to my attention that I want to talk about during this podcast. And again, I always want to come at this with a place of honor and understanding the best that I can. And I title this, you know, why do we marvel at this? You know, in Acts chapter 3, if you recall, is the story of Peter and John. They went to pray and they met the lame man on the way. And uh, and he was miraculously restored and healed. And Peter stands up and delivers a message. And it starts with, um, why do you even marvel at this? That this man was restored and that this man was healed. As if it had anything to do with us. In fact, what it was, was the manifestation of, of living on this side of the cross. And Peter went on to say that the prophets actually foretold these days that we live in on this side of the cross, the resurrection power of Christ, and that we shouldn't even be surprised. We shouldn't even marvel at the fact that there would actually be a manifestation of his goodness, the manifestation of his blood, the manifestation of what he paid for here on this earth. And it's going to look like this guy being healed. <laughs> And so Peter's making the, the stance, why should we even marvel at that? Well, if that's true and a Christ spirit um, has a manifestation on this earth that we should expect to see, and I believe that we should expect to see that even today, if that's true, then I would argue that we shouldn't marvel either when there is a manifestation of an antichrist spirit here on this earth. There's going to be a manifestation. Now, I want to be clear that Satan is not the equal and opposite of God. However, his ways, his, his, um, when people allow him to have license in their life and to speak into their life, there will be manifestations of that as well. Now, he is a defeated foe. He is a withering branch. He's cut off from the a source of, of life and love in his, his existence. He's a created being just like us. But he can have influence only if we give it to him. And so when we see an anti-Christ society, an anti-Christ culture, uh, we should expect to see an anti-Christ manifestation. And I would say, why would we even marvel at that? Well, there's been a flutter in 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 the Christian world as in, as well as even in the secular world over the 65th annual Grammy awards that were uh, released uh, just in these last couple weeks. 
And there's a gentleman named Sam Smith who uh, sang a song called Unholy. And he performed at the Grammy Awards. He not only performed, he came out in a devil costume. Full red devil costume with the horns and the tail and the whole deal. And he sang his song, Unholy. And he was joined with a German pop artist. He's an English singer. He was joined by a German pop artist named Kim Petrus. And they released their single called Unholy. And it won the song uh, award for best pop duo group performance at the Grammy Awards. And then the two actually sang their song in full satanic costume. Now, Sam Smith has come out as a gay man. Uh, actually, I think he's registered as <laughs> registered as non-binary. Not always exactly sure what that means. And Kim Petrus is transgender. So Kim Petrus is a man now identifying as a woman. And so what is so important to me on this podcast, again, is that we get context for what is happening. And, and again, being careful not to bear false witness, it's always good to get firsthand evidence of what the heart is behind anything that's written or even a song, uh, despite the fact that it was released in such an ab abhorrent way. So this is what the song Unholy means when Sam Smith was actually interviewed about it. And he says, quote, it was so cathartic and freeing to experiment like this and throw out the rule book. It has also been an honor to work with Kim and get to witness her brilliance. This song is about liberating oneself from the clutches of others' secrets. Again, not exactly sure what that means. But in an interview with Billboard, Smith talked about their wants to stray away from ballads and sad songs to explore queer joy for his latest album. I think joy for me and for a lot of queer people is quite a dangerous place. We're all masters of pain. And I think it's courageous to step into the queer joy of it all. Well, it's interesting as I dig deeper into this story, um, I, I am not surprised. I'm not marveling at this at all. In fact, Sam Smith is actually echoing what I have been saying all along uh, about the LGBT community that they are, I haven't put it quite so eloquently as he did, they are masters of pain. They are responding to pain. And the queer joy that he is trying to tap into, he is actually referring to his feelings. He's trying to release feelings and not hold those back, throw away the rule book, and follow his feelings. And so the song Unholy is also very telling of a title, if you really think about it. Because I would have to agree with him that the song is about behaving unholy and being disconnected from a loving father. So he's actually saying and echoing what I'm saying here. And we shouldn't even marvel at this. Breaking down the song, I'm not going to go into great detail, as you can imagine, on this podcast. But Unholy detail, details infidelity among a couple. 
Some designer brands are being shouted out during the verses of the song. And a body shop is referred to, which is a Los Angeles strip club. Interestingly, Smith opens the track with a choir that sings about a husband who visits frequently with prostitutes. And he says, mommy don't know daddy's getting hot at the body shop. There's that word daddy again. Please reference my previous podcast to be educated about the secular world of the word daddy. I'll try not to go on my rant and tangent about that because they don't get that word, remember? But all throughout his song is the word daddy, singing also from a homosexual perspective. Please reference my previous podcast for more information about that. Apparently, this wife has no clue about her husband's brazen infidelity. I won't tell you the lyrics. I'm paraphrasing. And it appears that it isn't a one-time thing. The prostitute and man have an agreement where drugs and expensive items, love, are payment for sexual services. This is a lifestyle that this man aggressively pursues, even leaving his children at home to gratify his lustful desires. These are all lyrics from the song. You just have to trust me. Throughout the song, of course, profanity is bleeped out and drugs are referenced. I want to just read this article from Focus on the Family just in response to this because I I believe it lines up with the way that I'm responding to sort of this outrageous performance and song uh, by a man who's a master of pain. He says, we can never know someone's heart's heart motivations, of course. I know that. But it sure seems like Sam Smith is walking a well-worn path here, one that the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, the Eagles, Ozzy Osbourne, Marilyn Manson, and so many others have either walked or been accused of walking. I think I'll add Madonna to that list, those of you who are my age, pushing the boundaries of, of morality. Yes, approaching satanic imagery imagery is disturbing. But when we as Christians club clutch our proverbial pearls like Dana Carvey's church lady from the 80s on Saturday Night Live, I think we play right into the response Smith and others hope for. It's almost as if Smith and his creative team said, let's make the Christians lose their minds. And right on cue, we do. I don't think it serves us well when our knee-jerk outrage exemplifies that stereotype. The bigger story, I think, than Smith's Satan get-up is the overall worldview his song, video, and performance espouse. The song itself focuses on a married man who secretly goes to a body shop to do unholy sexual things there. But if you're expecting the song to deliver some kind of cautionary note about this behavior, other than labeling it unholy, it doesn't. If anything, the lyrics embrace an admiration for a man who can get away with such cheating to meet his, quote, needs, end quote. Couple that with gender-bending imagery in a video featuring every expression of male and female and transsexual under the sun, the message is loud and clear. Sex is good. Any kind, any way, it's all up to you. That message is arguably reinforced further by the participation of Kim Petras, born Tim Petras, here, who during the award show became the first transsexual artist to receive a Grammy. The audience roared its approval during Petrus's acceptance speech during the show. 
So even as we're fussing about Sam Smith's costume, I believe there's a more diabolical sleight of hand happening here. We might just be missing the need to have a deeper conversation about how Smith's song and imagery subverts a Christian understanding of the purpose and place of sexuality, and Smith knows it. It's right there in the song's title, Unholy. That, I believe, is the conversation we need to be having with our kids. Help them to think clearly about how God has designed sex, what he intended by it, and how Satan has for millennia distorted and disgraded, degraded this beautiful and good expression of our creation in God's image. I believe this author from Focus on the Family nailed it. We need to look past the outrage of an antichrist secular world simply manifesting itself which we should expect to see and maybe not even marvel at. Now, I'm not being a proponent of saying that it doesn't matter or that we should just ignore it, but let's be super clear. I want, I want to follow the bouncing ball. They have a right. I'm not a big fan of cancel culture. They have a right to express themselves any way they want to. We have the right to turn it off to avoid it, to have discussions about it, to understand the true reality. The, the answer to the enemy is truth. And so when we espouse truth to our children, they are actually going to be able to see the abhorrence of what they see on the screen and not be influenced by it, but be repelled by it appropriately. And so when we respond all flittered and, and twitterpated by the what we're seeing on the screen, we're actually missing the deeper meaning. The idea that there is a secular agenda that's trying to numb and to trying to wear down and erode us so that the more we see it, the more we see it as normal. The more common it is, the more normal it becomes. But common doesn't equal normal. There is a normal expression of sexuality, an appropriate expression of sexuality that we are supposed to engage in, appreciate, love, admire. And of course, it's the enemy's tactic to actually roll out something different, something very different. C.S. Lewis warned in the screw tape letters, speaking through the mouth of the aged demon screw tape to his understudy Wormwood. This is what he says. It does not matter how small the sins are provided, that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than cards, if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. It's a beautiful paragraph of warning that is given actually to parents. These are all opportunities to stand up like Peter did in Acts chapter 3 and say, why are you surprised? Why, are, why would you marvel at an expression of the blood of Jesus? The same is true for us to stand up and say, why would you marvel at the expression of the enemy who is trying to also convey an alternative culture to us? 
And it's a gentle slope. It's soft underfoot without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Just a gradual promotion of following feelings. But I believe there's actually another, another sign here of something that we can tap into. And hopefully if you're a repeated follower of the Pushback Podcast, maybe you can detect it as well. But I believe Sam Smith is actually lining up completely to everything that we're talking about here. What I haven't mentioned yet is that this Kim Petrus is in a cage as Satan is dancing around in his red devil outfit. Isn't it appropriate imaging? Isn't Sam Smith and Kim Petrus actually confirming what we actually believe about their lifestyle? They wrote a song entitled Unholy. They're trying to escape pain, and yet she's in a cage. He is dressed up as the devil, influencing through evil manifestations. See, my friends, I believe with my whole heart that they get it too. They understand too. Their interpretation of this song, their behavior, the lyrics, their lifestyle is unholy. They see it. See, I think this is a key and salient point of this whole discussion is that we don't have to convince sinners that they're sinning. They already know it. You don't have to convince me as a sinner when I'm sinning. I already know it. What they need is, again, a, an injection, an a encounter with a loving father, a relationship. That's really what they're after. Their feelings will always fail them. We know that. We know that's true for us as well. Our feelings can be fleeting. Our feelings can change. Our feelings can sometimes change with the wind. Feelings are important. Feeling The Lord gave us feelings to, to engage our soul. But they aren't to guide us. What this song is about and what Sam Smith is conveying and what he actually wrote in the lyrics and what they are displaying and acting out on stage is pain. This makes all perfect sense. Why should we even marvel at it? Now, it might be too much for me to say you should actually feel sorry for them. It might be too much for me to say that compassion should be the response, not anger. But I believe when you actually peel away the layers of the onion, that's what's actually at the center, of course, is pain. And they get it. They're writing about it. They're dancing about it. They're, they're, they're knowing it, and they had entitled it unholy. They get it too. The woman caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus didn't have to convince her that adultery was a sin. <laughs> he just restored her. He connected with her through relationship and restored her. He also said, now go sin no more. 
because he doesn't want her in a cage. He doesn't want her dancing with Satan up on the stage. He wants her free. He wants her free. So as I was preparing for this podcast this week, I actually went to bed at night and I had a dream. And I want to share this dream. It's a very simple dream. It's a short dream, but very profound. And I woke up very encouraged that the Lord gave me this dream. I was preparing for a wedding in a basement of a, a it's what seemed to be a event type center. I can, could hear music and partying sort of behind the building. And I was down in the basement and my older brother, Mark, was there. And he was also getting ready. And so we were putting on a tuxedo. And so I was putting on my, my bow tie and I had a very ornate vest. And I was putting on my black jacket over the top. And he was putting on the exact same outfit. And he turned to me and he said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, what do you mean? What am I going to do? And he said, how are you going to engage pop culture dressed like that? And I said to him, I said, well, I'm going to engage where I can engage. And I'm going to not engage where I can't. And I said, it doesn't matter because I have to dress like this because the wedding starts in one hour. And that was the dream. And so often in dream interpretation, a brother is a Jesus-type character. And so I feel like it was Jesus. And there is a wedding coming, the Bible says. And I believe that we were had the outfit of heaven, that I was prepared for heaven. I was dressed for a heavenly feast. And yet there's this world, and I need to somehow engage culture still dressed for a wedding. And there might be times that I'm going to look out of place, but it doesn't matter because I have to be ready for the wedding. Now that doesn't mean, and I've said this a million times on this podcast, that we're abandoning this world. We're still engaging this world, but still dressed in a tuxedo. I believe that it can be done. I believe that it needs to be done. And the way that we engage the world is the way that Jesus engaged the world. We were dre- I was dressed just like him in this dream. We are moved by compassion. There are so many times in the Bible that it says that Jesus was moved by compassion, which means that we are unmoved by the world acting in sin. Jesus didn't get all fluttered and say, I can't believe this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Everybody else picked up stones while he knelt by her in a place of compassion. He actually cast away the stone throwers and found her heart. Is that possible? I believe it's possible. Pop culture doesn't change how we are dressed. But it also doesn't mean that we aren't supposed to be moved by compassion. Here is a man who is acting out. He's acting out through a song, an evil song, an unholy song. Because he knows that there's something inside of him that is unholy. I don't think he wants it, but he's being led by a different culture, a different voice. And why would we even marvel at that? It breaks my heart that Sam Smith 
looks at himself as a master of pain. That hurts. I don't know this man, but I do care about him. I care about Kim Petrus, who is a master of pain, who is literally in a cage. This needs to matter to us. It doesn't matter to the point where I'm going to take off my tuxedo. <laughs> but I believe through the power of Jesus and his blood and living on this side of the cross that I can influence the world in my tuxedo. And that's my plan. And that's my plan for you as well. So with that as inspiration, let's go together now to set and shape the culture.